0: You're listening to High Performance. This is what we've got lined up today.
1: I had this chat with Louis van Gaal and then he told me, "Okay, Robin, um, I'm the coach, you are the player and uh, you have to go. Your time is up. I was like, "Uh, yeah, but I still have a contract. He said, yeah, I don't care.
0: Hi there, I'm Jay Comfrey. You're listening to High Performance, the podcast that delves into the minds of some of the most successful athletes, visionaries, entrepreneurs and artists on the planet and aims to unlock the very secrets to their success. Look, everyone needs a professor in their life and mine is also an author and an expert in the success of sports teams. It's Damien Hughes. Damien, as a Man United fan, I imagine you're looking forward to this?
2: Very much looking forward to it. This is somebody that was a a catalyst uh, when they came into Manchester United, so I'm intrigued to find out a little bit more about the mentality of a catalyst.
0: Well, let's get going then and welcome a footballer who is arguably one of the greatest strikers to win the Premier League. A cult at Arsenal, he controversially left to join their arch-rivals at the time at Manchester United and immediately achieved his aim of winning the title. These days, the former Dutch international spends his time working as a pundit for BT Sport, but it's his career as a top-level athlete that we are really interested in. Robin van Persie, welcome to High Performance. Thank you very
1: much. Thanks for having me.
0: Nice to be with you. Right, let's yeah. get straight into it then. In yes. your mind, mm-hmm.
1: what is high performance? Uh, performing at the highest level, you know, uh, and that's always difficult because at the highest level, um, you have to compete with opponents who are on a similar level, uh, but you still want to be better than them. But that process is a, is a long process to uh, reach that goal, you know, to uh, be on that level which is satisfying for yourself, you know, because that, that's a long process.
2: So when did you think that you, you.
1: achieved high performance, i Robin? Well, in my mind, uh, when I was at my highest level, I was about 27, 28, personally. So that's a very long uh, road until that moment. From And that starts basically from very young, from five, six years old, you, you start that process without realizing it. But um, yeah, I was at my... Personally, mentally, physically um, around that age. So, how would you have defined yourself? So, when you
2: were delivering high performance at that age, yeah. beyond the physical attributes of being fast and fit and strong, what were the sort of behaviors that you would describe you were demonstrating during that time of high performance?
1: Yeah, during that period, everything came together. It's like uh, physically, mentally, uh, more in balance. Um, I was quite impulsive when I was younger in my reactions, the way I was talking, the way I was behaving, the way I was playing. And that slowly changed over the years because uh, just by basically um, uh, listening, looking, learning and improving myself as a person at the start. And then I brought that back into football because at one point I uh, realized that every game was such a struggle, and I didn't really want that. I didn't want to have a constant struggle.
0: In what way was it a struggle?
1: It's like because the opponents found out that um, you know, if they triggered me, if they talked to me in a, in a certain way, or if they did all those things, uh, they could get me sent off. What would wind you up? It was going both ways, because if, if the opponent was like stepping on my toes and sort of trying to bully me, I was going really hard, and uh, I was going against it. but in the end uh, after a couple of uh, after a period i started to think about that and then it made sense to me i was like okay the yeah reaction i have i shouldn't have that reaction i shouldn't go against it i should stand above it so that is like a process of a couple of years because if i go against it then it would um, then it's, it's such a struggle it was i was just like mentally physically i was drained after every match for quite a long time from the age of 23 to 26 and then I realized that I was like constantly uh, fighting, you know. And as as well, I was um if I missed a chance, for example, that it's a process as well. I was very emotional after I missed a chance. I was like constantly, ah no, and showing the world how disappointed I was. And then at one point I was like, yeah, but that's weakness somewhere, you know, then because then the opponent sees that I'm disappointed and that I'm not happy with myself. So I slowly started to change that. And I was like, okay, you know, if I don't show my uh, weakness, then they don't have like, if I don't react on the um, uh, bullying, if I don't react, uh, if I miss a chance, then I become stronger and better. And once I started to do that, I uh, talked with Arsene Wenger about this as well. Everything became lighter, you know. It was so heavy. It was for all those years it was heavy, but I was making it heavy. Yep. It just, I just needed a couple of years to realise that.
2: But what I find interesting on that, Robin, is that I think that takes real courage to have that reflection because mm. what you'd been doing had obviously worked for you. You know, like when you look back at the start of your career of, of, of leaving ex-Chelsea and then the run-ins yep. that you'd had with uh, the coach at Firenode, yep. that you'd obviously been fighting and, and resisting it and you'd still been achieving success.
1: Yeah but that was because of the love of the game because I truly love football from the bottom of my heart I love it and that is what uh well sort of saved me in a way because I made some stupid mistakes over the years you know some silly ones or so What uh, sort of things did you do From arguing to uh with all the players you know it's it's like you have to know your place as well in in football it's like when you're young that's your place you have to earn the right basically and uh I wasn't doing that I was I was very impulsive I was very against the rules, somehow. So, why was I doing that? Why was I against... Um, what do you say, I, I, I
0: wonder whether you almost felt you needed to be like that to show you cared and to show you wanted to be the best. You know, you didn't want to just cruise into training and cruise through training and cruise through a game. You almost felt you needed to have a battle every game to show to yeah. your teammates and yourself, yeah, but this It was to going you.
1: too far. It was going too far and was becoming a problem because I wasn't creating nice stuff, I was making problems for myself. I wasn't really expressing myself good enough just to solve the problem. Because most problems started with communication. If you just talk about it in a normal way, you can solve a lot of uh, possible uh, problems. And so over the years I uh, kept asking questions and I, I even wrote stuff down to myself. So at one point at Arsenal after two years, I wasn't satisfied, I wasn't happy, it was going okay but not good enough. So I started to write um a letter to myself. What are my positives and what are my negatives? Wow. And then I noticed that I was lying to myself. <laughs> I was I was making myself look or well, feel better. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, yeah. So by, by reading it back, I was thinking, nah, that, that that's not true, Yeah. You know, <laughs>
0: That's and crazy. did
1: you do that
2: on your own or, or did your Just wife myself. help you with that? Yeah,
1: so, well, I was, I, was, I was talking with my wife a right. lot and with my uh, friends. And then th- that is something as well. Friends have an influence. Everyone in your life has have an influence. And you need to, uh, at one point, you need to be very uh, honest to yourself. If those people in your life, whoever it is, if it's your wife or your friends or your family, have a positive impact on your life. And uh, I think if you uh, aim for uh, to be the best in your sport, in this case, you have to be ruthless at one certain point. You have to cut out the people uh, who bring negativity. And um, uh, that is very hard. Uh, How did you
0: do it? Because there will be people listening to this podcast and they're not professional athletes. Yes. But they find their life is made more difficult by the people around them or maybe yes. they drain them. What process did you go through to decide quite
1: ruthlessly, who could no longer be part of your life? At one point, I was um, ending up in situations where I just didn't want to end up in. And it wasn't my fault, it was the fault of the people I was around with. And I was thinking, yeah, but okay, this is not bringing me further, you know? I have a dream, I want to live my dream. Because I had this romantic idea of um, my childhood friends, they they should always stay with me. They should always stay connected, and uh, I want them in my life forever. But okay, we have a different life. So at one point I just made a roundup of what they bring, what they offer me, because I'm giving them time. Um, In some cases I gave them money, I uh, tried to help them. But what do they give me? Uh, They they have to, at one point, they have to um, accept what what the situation is of their life and my life. And they have to sort of uh, somehow live by those unwritten rules. And um, uh, some of my childhood friends didn't do that. So they could not um, follow, they could not follow me because I was going fast in my life. So I just rounded it up. Do they bring something positive in my life? Anything, even if it's something small, it's fine. Yeah. But they weren't at one certain point. And then I just invited them. And I said to two of my childhood friends, I said, guys, I said, I love you, I respect you, but I have different dreams than you guys. So it will stop here. Wow. It was tough. How old were you when you were having this conversation? Uh, 24, 25. Wow. Yeah, and these guys are new from a young age. I said, because you, have, you, you make different choices, you have different priorities than me, and I can't have that. I can't have ne- uh, negativity in my life because you know this is where I want to go to. And if I have to constantly lose energy on you guys, it's not going to help me. That's ruthless. That's hard. Um, but I felt that I, I needed to do that. There's a really
2: nice way of describing that, that. It's often we talk about the people that come with us are with us for seasons, reasons, or lifetimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have periods, you have phases with, with people in your life. In my case, because I'm quite intense, I'm all or nothing. So I had to bring that level down of myself as well. I had to take it a little bit softer. That was a process of, of many years as well. So I, uh, in my private life, I started to have friendships which were lighter, not so intense, and that cost less energy, you know. So I could focus more on football. But the main thing I think for everyone who's listening as well is that keep asking yourself even stupid questions, you know. Keep asking them um, to yourself and write letters to yourself of how how it's going. Do you Do remember you know? what was in the letters? Yeah, it was it was like uh, but. That letter I wrote to myself was more about um, about me as a player, uh, uh, what I liked about myself, what uh, I could improve. What, what, From memory, what could you improve? What did you write down in the improve uh, column? Goals. I should uh, score more goals. Um, it was uh, I, sh- I should make more runs in behind by talking to uh, Saul Campbell, Jerry Henry, uh, and Pires, all these guys. Saul told me once, he said, Robin, he said, the way you play is a dream for a defender like me i said why tell me why he said because you want every boy on your feet you have to force me to make make a choice you know to close you down or to follow you you have to make runs in behind so i was like okay hang on then i came up with the rule okay out of three actions at least one of them needs to be in behind because i have to hurt the Defenders, because Saul Campbell told me he doesn't like it. Yeah. you know. So I, w- I was like constantly asking myself questions and listening, listening to uh, players who were better than me.
2: What you're describing is something that uh, is sometimes referred to as the Zander letter, and it's named after, there's a conductor in Boston called Benjamin Zander. Mm-hmm. And um, when he was teaching sort of appreciation of music and, and the arts and things like that, one of the things he found with his uh, students was that they got too caught up in the result that they were getting yeah. rather than learning about the process of yeah. appreciating music. So he used to get them to write a letter mm-hmm. to themselves, but base it 12 months in the future, and talk about all the things <laughs> that they were going to achieve and all the things they were going to learn to love about music.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had a chat with um, a colleague of mine. Um, I won't I w- I name his name because he's, he's still playing. <laughs> but <laughs> he had this... Uh, He came up with this idea. I was listening to him for an hour, getting bored. He was like, yeah, I will buy 50 apartments and I will get a grand per apartment and this is how I make my money. And uh, he was playing in the Premier League back then. And then after one hour, he asked me what my opinion was. I said, but if you want to make money, you should work on your first touch and your header. You know, I said, this is what you should uh, work on because if you do that, you will make 10 times more than this grand per apartment. I said, if you fix that, he will be a world-class player. And did he take your advice? No, he didn't listen. <laughs> he didn't listen. But to be fair to him, he had a good career. He had an okay career, but could be better. Should be better. I wonder how different though
0: that that Robin van Persie is to the Robin van Persie who was a petulant youth team player causing problems. I th- I think that often when people first start out, whatever their career, yeah. this isn't just about football everyone starts out selfish because it's yes. about me achieving my aims and my ambitions and yes. my life. And I think it takes time to get to a point where, and I think we would both agree, you know, we're all in our, you're not quite in your forties yet, but we're Almost. in our forties and it, life becomes about building other people up. And it's one of the best It's almost a better feeling than achieving yourself is helping other people to thrive. But it's hard to do that when you're 15, 16.
1: No, this is a very deep one because will you get to this stage without being selfish Earliest, earlier stages?
0: So you have to be selfish in the beginning to get the success to then be selfless and pass it on? Uh I think so.
1: I think so. To to actually achieve what you want to achieve to be able to give back, Mm. you have to be selfish then football is ruthless. And at any business, it's like that. So you have to be selfish and you have to come up for yourself. You have to, in a team, in any team, in any business, you have to uh, make sure that your position is there, it's safe, because otherwise you get eaten.
2: Well, I'm, I'm interested in, say, like your experience of going into Manchester United. Yeah. So, you, you, so you'd been through a period of at Arsenal where you hadn't been winning a lot and it had almost felt like there was a certain drift yeah. Or a malaise, and then you went into an environment where you were expected to win the title. You came yeah. in. And there was. A, it seems to me like a very different culture. What was your experience of that?
1: Um, yeah, it was a different world if you compare Arsenal with Manchester United. Um, but I was, I was, yeah, ready for that uh, world. You know, it was, a, it was, a, um, you know, as a player, as a young player, it was, it was much easier to get. Into the Arsenal uh, team, into the Arsenal philosophy, with a coach like Arsene, and uh, Manchester United is like a like a like a beast, you know. You have to, you have to perform back in the day. So there was there was a different experience for me, but I was ready for that, you know. And um, like all those years of like asking questions and uh, becoming better on all levels uh, did help me to be ready for a challenge like that.
2: And what would you say was the, the biggest difference then that you noticed when you went into Manchester United?
1: If you're winning, everything is beautiful, you know. The whole because the the impact of Manchester United was uh, bigger in terms of you know worldwide uh, in the amount of fans, etc. The size of the club. But if you look at uh, when it doesn't go well, you know at Arsenal, if it doesn't go well, you have your coach who protects you, you have your players who protect you. But Manchester United, you're on yourself, you're alone. And, uh, no one protects you. And, um, Is that healthy? No, it's, it's tougher, it's ruthless. Um, and I've experienced that in my second year when things weren't going well. I was still scoring 18 goals that second year, scoring 12 for the national team. So it's not a bad season or something. But people were ruthless, it's not good enough, bang. Then you're on, on your own. And uh, that was sort of a, like a period where I was thinking, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not that bad, you know. <laughs> I was t- telling myself, I'm not that bad of a player. I'm uh, still scoring. Okay, maybe I'm, I'm not like last season or whatever, but it was just ruthless, hard. And then I had to, uh, in my last uh, season, uh, I had this chat with Louis I think I chatted with you about the check. Um, where I had two very good season with the national team. Then I worked, uh, okay, the the season, his first season, my last season at Manchester was not great. And Mm then um, I had this chat with Louis van Gaal and then he told me, okay, Robin, um, I'm the coach, you are the player and uh, you have to go, your time is up. I was like, "Uh, yeah, but I still have a contract. He said, yeah, I don't care. He said, wow. Did you see it coming? Well, yeah, towards the end of it, I saw something coming, but not this ruthless. And the way he said it as well. Um, and then, like, a lot of things go through your mind, you know, when when you get a message like that. Um, because I still have a contract. My family was happy. It was my 11th year in England. We uh, love living in England. What's next? You know, my kids going to school. They have their friends and everything. So, in, in like a split second, all these things come across mm-hmm. And how how do you react to that? You know, I said, okay. I said, we will see what happens. I said, that's your opinion. I said, uh, but I have a contract and I'm happy in England and uh, at Manchester United and my family is as well. So we will see what happens. Um, I said, and I just shook his hand, stood up. It was at the golf club in May. I stood up and um, left it. And how quickly
0: did you decide that on the training pitch and in games you would you would
1: attempt to change his mind and prove to him that he's made a mistake? Well, on the way back home, uh, I was thinking, hmm, okay, this is, this is tough. You know, this is, uh, so how, how do you react to a uh, message like that? You know, it's that ruthless, that hard, that direct. And then uh, loads of things uh, came from my mind and we uh, started preseason. Then I wasn't allowed to play in the 11 against 11. I uh, got hey, a ball and do your own stuff. I was like, okay, hang on. So you try to stay calm, stay cool, you know what I mean? But it, there's there's like loads of things happening. You're, you're playing the macho uh, card, like, okay, it doesn't affect me, it doesn't do this, but it does affect me and my family and, and my career, you know, yeah, big sure. time. Maybe at that point, it was good for me to talk to someone outside my inner circle, but I was too uh, stubborn as well to do that. Now, if I look back at it, there were maybe a couple of, points in my career where I should have done that. I had that feeling like like a life coach or a mental trainer. Um, I always had a feeling, yeah, but these people will create problems instead of solving them. So I kept them at distance. And uh, up until today, I never had a session uh, with with uh, anyone in that way. But now I'm open to it and maybe it's partly age, experience, um, but um, if I look back at my career, could have been a good case if I uh, would have talked to someone like that at this particular moment, sure, for yeah. example.
2: But it's often said that like, the best managers are the best psychologists as well. So who would you say was the best coach you had that got the best out of you as an individual?
1: Well, I was lucky uh, to have such great coaches. And, um, but Arsene, Arsene was so intelligent. Uh, It was, you could talk to him about anything and um, what I learned from him as well and this is like, is that when you talk to Arsène, he's not answering straight away, maybe you know that. He's letting the question in first, then he checks you out when you have a normal conversation. He checks you from the front, from the left, from the right, then he answers. So I was like, I'm way too soon with my answers, you know, and sometimes I think "Ah, my answer is too fast, you know, I I should have thought about it a bit longer. And then I saw him doing that in interviews and just by chatting to him, I was thinking, okay, I will pick that up from him. You know, that's that's clever. you were learning more than just football from Martin Wenger. Yes, very much. And yeah, he's a professor in uh, maths, in uh, German, English. Such a clever guy. I was learning as well off the pitch by looking at camp, even how they had their lunch. Early days, I had my lunch like quick, 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 bang in, out, always on the on on the go. Yeah. Then I saw these guys; they were putting their jacket on the seat and they were talking then, before they were eating. They were making jokes. Then they enjoyed their lunch. Then they had a nice uh, cup of coffee. It was just so tranquil, so relaxed, you know. And I was I was so everything except relaxed. I was all over the place.
2: I read a story Ian Wright told that when he shared with Dennis camp and. He saw him wearing uh, pajamas and he said know. that he started to wear pajamas because dennis bergkamp did oh, really on a way trip so oh, yeah? yeah you're in good company in terms of uh yeah. copying him
1: yeah yeah, yeah. wow well, of course yeah yeah dennis dennis was um, a very interesting uh person character player he's like off camera he's one of the one of the funniest guys you will ever see especially in english so funny so dry it's ridiculous. It's, it's just when, when the camera, when the lights go on, he, um, he, 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 he's shy, you know, almost. But very clever, clever guy. And I learned a lot by just looking at him. Yeah?
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: So when you've spent your formative football years with Arsene Wenger, and he's taught you so much more than just football, almost like a father figure. Lots of players talk about him like that. Mm -hmm. How difficult was the conversation the day when you went to him
1: to explain what had to change at Arsenal for you to stay? Uh, Well, there was actually, uh, before our... Uh, like, last decisive chat uh, that was in Austria training camp. Before that, uh, we were um, changing our philosophies of how to, how to bring the club forward. Um, but it was not only between me and Arsene, because it was, like I told you before, uh, there was more happening with, with Ivan, of course, and, and the way he behaved and he um, handled the whole situation. Um, Do but- you want to talk about that? If I look back at that whole situation, is that, um, you know, in that situation, I have to look at myself as well, where I could have done better or could have done something differently. If I look back at that, that open letter, I didn't mention it during our show with PT, that open letter, I shouldn't have done that. You know, if you look back at that, it is impossible to, in in such a delicate, Difficult situation of uh, making a transfer after spending so much time at Arsenal, um, to make a decision to write an open letter to tell my truth mm. in two pages is, is impossible.
2: And where did you do that, sorry Robin, where was the letter?
1: Yeah, I think right. back then I went to the newspaper because there was not... Uh, in the Telegraph, I think, they wrote yeah. it or something right. like that. So I did that and uh, that was because I was disappointed with Ivan, with his behaviour. Um but I could not go into detail about what exactly. Then you know, because it's just impossible to uh, tell the whole uh, story behind it. And partly was uh, the fact that Arsenal didn't offer me a deal. Okay, but um, so there was. There was. Um, if I look back at that, I should have done that better.
0: Because the difficult thing for Arsenal fans, even now, yeah, is you know we talk about the fact they didn't offer you a deal. But then yeah. when you released the the statement to the papers, you said you've decided not to stay.
1: Yeah, is that,
0: exactly. For Arsenal fans, it's still a difficult
1: yeah. period and, and to I get their get heads that, around. But I know, promise, they still don't quite understand it. I don't think. I can promise you, uh, on uh, my kids, if everyone, if if someone comes with proof that Arsenal offered me a deal, I will give you a million now today. Yeah. But so, did you
0: make it almost impossible to offer you a deal because you were so demanding
1: because you were so desperate to win the Premier League? No, game. it was it was Arsenal de- Arsenal's decision not to offer me uh, a deal, and. Um, that is up to them you know uh, at, at the, after many conversations it came clear that uh, we had uh, different ideas what was it the that comp- you think
0: was lacking like what what did you need from Arsenal at that time to convince you but to I, had,
1: I had seven points uh, where I thought Arsenal could improve and in my opinion they, those seven points should um, they should start with dealing with them straight away to be able to compete with the best teams do
0: you remember what they were
1: yeah, but you know, it it's doesn't really matter what points about. What matters is that um, um, Ivan decided um, that he didn't agree on one single point of those seven points, which is fair enough. So taking that information um, on board, so Aston doesn't offer me a deal. Uh, they didn't agree with my views. You know, and my views were only to help. You know, was like honest views of how uh, the club should move forward that's a very clear message you know for me it is not an issue anymore we, we are, i'm now talking with you about it for the second time and that is fine uh it is not an issue for me it's that's life that's life at the top you know uh, clubs uh, businesses m- make decisions you know and players as well in this case uh, do as well and i'm perfectly happy how how it ended up you know i went to manchester united i uh, we won the league um you know, so it's it's perfectly fi- fine for me and I'm not angry with Ivan, you know, and I'm grateful to have um, worked with Arsene for eight years. He played such a uh, crucial part in my career. I can honestly say that without his influence, uh, I would not be the player I uh, ended up with uh, in the end. So I'm thankful, I'm happy and thankful. It's just that there are certain facts you, you can't look away from, you know, it's it's just how it was. Um, and is it hard when you can't
0: talk because you you know you played through injuries you dedicated yeah. yourself every day you trained hard you loved the club loved the fans loved the manager yeah I did and know. then when when it all when the fallout happens yeah you just have to kind of accept it and I I always you know whether it's football or something else I think that's a very difficult position for a human being to yes. be in where you're like hold on that's your, you've seen ten percent of the truth and you've made the other ninety yeah. percent up you know.
1: Yeah but I do yeah, I sort of realize that 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 people have that uh, judgment ready based on 10% like you yeah. said or and uh that is how it is but uh honestly I can you know I'm I'm grateful for Arsenal for the years I've I've played there for Arsene, um where well, Ivan and me didn't really click uh that can happen as well but you know it's a big man's world and uh, th- th- there is a, a moment where you have to uh move on you know and um, like I said as well with uh, sometimes in the top it can be ruthless you know uh, sometimes in your favor sometimes against you but to come back on this topic as well, how do you deal with that you know how do you deal with uh, such things who have such a big impact on your life you know key to that is uh, communicating keep talking and although some situations can be very difficult stay open for others because i know a lot of colleagues of mine as well who tend to close up you know, when things become difficult, they close up and they stop to talk to anyone. Yeah. But that is not the solution. You should should stay yourself, stay open, keep asking questions and um, stay friendly, you know. And
2: So you made a comment earlier, Robin, where you spoke about when you first, as a young player, you had to know your place in terms of what you could yeah. say and what you could challenge. Yeah. When did you feel that... It was your place to go and make these seven points and challenge the culture and what you saw the
1: club needed to do. Yeah, that was my uh, period when I was the captain, top scorer. Uh, that was the period where I felt that you know my views would count. Right. And uh, as a twenty-year-old kid, your views of how the club should move forward don't really count. You know. Then you have to fight for your place, uh, be quiet, and learn, and um, be a better uh, player. Try to be a better player every day. I was 28, but then sure. 29, you know, I felt, you know, uh, that, that it was my right to give my honest opinion.
2: Sure. It sounds like you were isolated on your own in terms of that the club decided to reject you from the organization. Uncle, yeah. Do you feel you could have recruited other characters within that dressing room that had equal weight or equal credibility to enhance your argument?
1: Yeah, good point. Um, for example some colleagues did came up and did wanted to support me but i said no because for one reason is that i didn't want to put them in a difficult place i didn't want to put them in my place because it was my uh, right to to speak out and i I was the captain you know of that team so in my opinion if i would bring two or three other guys who shared my opinion it would put them in a difficult place i would not do that because you know, uh, I, w- I will take the blame, I will uh, live with live the consequences, whatever they are, but I don't want to put you, you guys into this position.
0: It's not an easy thing, is it, for a football club to say, actually, that footballer, that individual player, can help to change the culture of, of this football club. But maybe that's the healthiest thing. The healthiest thing to do at a football club is to take the input mm-hmm. from an experienced pro, a 19-year-old who can tell you yeah. what the pathway is like from the academy, from the person that serves the lunch. Everyone, I think, not just in football, but in life, everyone should be able to add to a culture. I think so too. Clive Woodward used to talk about
2: it, that the trouble is when you're a head coach, everyone tries harder in the gym, everyone runs a bit faster. Yeah. So you the question the is, what's happening when you're not in the gym? It's a very the, good
1: point. That's a very good point, but the, um, at clubs they they tend to um, have to sort of create that feeling like okay you are a football player you should stick to playing football. Well, uh, I am more of the type of guy. You know, even the kidman his his opinion. I would like to know, yes. you know, especially him because he's right in the middle of that team. What is the reason why this some presidents or people in higher functions behave like that? And the only reason I can come up with is that they're trying to protect their own position. Sure. And um, is that uh, is that big? Is that a big way of thinking? No, of course not. Sure. You no. Know, and that should change, in my opinion. You should listen because you're all in it together. And in in a smaller version, uh, I uh, like when I was mid twenties, I just realized because I, uh, early days I was like, yeah, okay, you know, this is my position. I have to uh, try to play and I don't really talk to the manager. And then at one point I was talking to Arsen. At first I was scared to talk to him. And then at uh, one point I realized, like, no, 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 hang on. So we are this team. We have the coach. He has his staff. We have the medical staff. We have Mr. Dean in the first couple of years around. I said, we should all work together. So I should really start opening up to the coach because we have to. So we are working together on the same target. So why there's no reason for me to be scared of the coach? Why should it be scared of him? So that was the moment where I realised, like, okay, hang on, you know, I would just ask him questions. I would just talk to him. Like,
0: it's almost like you realise that your job is more than just doing your job.
1: Exactly. exactly. It's And it's, yeah. this is
0: actually a common theme I think with the conversation we've we've had with Robin, whether it's writing down notes, yeah. whether it is going and seeing. Arsene Wenger about the future of the football club, whether it is taking on board cr- criticism from Louis van Gaal that you're going to leave Man United and, mm-hmm. and try to retain your place there. The recurring theme, I think, is that there's a, there was a moment in your career where you realized you have to take the responsibility.
1: Yeah. No one else is going to run your career for you. Yes. And that is what um, I did when I was about uh, 24, 25, halfway. And I actually had this chat last week. Funny enough, seriously, with my son. So, my son uh, plays at Feyenoord, he played against uh, um, Ajax under 14. He was on the bench, he didn't play. So, uh, in the car, on the way back, he was like a bit moody, disappointed, complaining a little bit about uh, others, about the coach, etc. And then, I said, yeah, I said, but Shaquille, I said, you sound like a loser, you know, if you talk like this in a way, You sound like you lost. I said, you are blaming him, you're blaming her, you're blaming this, you're blaming everything. I said, but I don't hear one single thing about yourself. I said, winners, I said, they take control and they blame themselves and they look where they can improve. Yeah, And this is what you should be thinking about. So I didn't tell him uh, what he should think about. You should ask yourself the question, are you a loser or are you a winner? I said, for me, it doesn't matter. I said, I said, because I'm your dad, the only job I have and uh, your mom has is when you're 20, that you're a good boy, that you're ready for life. You know, you can make your mistakes, you can do what you want. I, I love you for the same amount. It doesn't matter for me if you make it as a football player or not. I said, but you say that this, that this is your passion. So uh, you should take control of your life and stop complaining because... Sounds like a loser. I said, I don't mind. If you want to be a loser, be a loser. I still love you as much. (laughs) I said, said, it doesn't matter for me. I said, but if you want to be a winner, take control of your life and stop complaining about others. And then I watched him train the next morning. uh, My my wife said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to watch this session. Uh, Two days later, actually, because they played on Saturday and Monday morning. So I'm there sitting, cold, hoodie on. I'm looking and I see this. Tiger training, running, working. And I was like, ah, okay. Okay. He realized he has to take control of his life. He's 13 now. Huh? That's the podcast that com- right there, by the way. Isn't it? Yeah, that, is yeah, it. Yeah. that is it. <laughs>
0: that is everything <laughs> high-performance podcast is Parental about. Parental advice and yes. everything. But
2: did anyone ever have that conversation
1: with you? Um, well, in, in like bits and pieces. Stages, yeah. Yeah, over the years. Um and uh, yeah, what I liked about, for example, Asen is that he never really judged me. You know, it was almost like like a parent in, in a way. Um, because my, my son, I can, it doesn't help if you judge people constantly, if you tell them off and if you say, you have to do this. It doesn't work like that. You know, it's their process. You have to, you have to respect their process of, of your uh, kids or your friends. And you can advise them. You can, um, you can guide them for a certain way, but in the end, they have to make their mistakes. They will make their mistakes. Let them make it, and then they decide what they do with it, you know? But sometimes it's good to give them a guideline. But Arsene as well. Arsene said, why are you not a top player? You're still not a top player. I said, okay, tell me why I'm not a top player. No, I'm not telling you. You have to find out yourself, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I had conversations like that. He said, you have to ask yourself the right, the, the right questions. He said, he said, look around you. He said, you saw all these top players. But you're not one of them, really, yeah, and wow. you,
0: your reaction can go two ways now you can either <laughs> yeah. deal with that and make make yourself a top
1: player or and that then, can that can
0: break I, some people,
1: yeah, and then I started to um, look at Perez, how he played, look at Jungberg, how he made his runs, look at Dennis, look at Jerry, look at Vieira. I was thinking,, ah, he's right, he's right i'm I'm so far off, you know these guys are on such a level that's where I want to go, but he was not forcing me into it you know you had to find the answer i had to find the answers myself and isn't that, that
2: is, coaching isn't that the art of great coaching to i think so too pose a question
1: and then let yeah, you answer yeah it. exactly but that is a perfect way because you have to feel it you know if you see it or if you hear it okay it's, sometimes it can be enough but most times it's not enough you have to feel it you have to find out yourself you know and along the way you can make mistakes you can struggle you can but uh, in the end you decide if you want to be a winner or a loser it's your decision Right, we're going to finish with some quick fire questions. Okay. Yep. What is the absolutely unacceptable behavior that you just don't tolerate? What's the one thing that really winds you up? Um, well, I, I think as a person, uh, it defines you, how you behave towards people you don't uh, think you need. You know, I think that is what what, what defines That is the status of a person, in my opinion. So, for example, if you're in a restaurant and you're, arrogant towards the waitress for example or to to the people who uh, help you and you're one of them then I don't think you're a good person you know um, especially towards the people who you don't tend to need you know if if you're a good guy just be good because you're good not uh, because you think you might need someone or
2: so what would you say Robin are the three non-negotiable behaviors that you and people around you have to buy into Um,
1: you have to be uh, polite you have to have manners Mhm, and that's, that, that is what I tell my kids as well. But it's, this is quick fire; it's not really going well. It's quick that's fire. Fine. <laughs> what are the, so, what, what are the three? Um, okay, uh, politeness, manners, and um, yeah, desire to achieve. What advice would you give to a teenage
0: Robin van Persie just starting his career? Uh, just relax.
1: Just relax. Have a breather. Do have a enjoy support? it. Enjoy, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. Yeah, right.
2: And how did you react to your greatest failure?
1: But well, it's difficult question to answer quick fire, right? What is your greatest failure? Yeah, good question. We have to find it out first. <laughs> <this. laughs> so many. <laughs> we'll come back to that one. Yeah. Are you happy? <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Not perfect, but happy, yeah. How important is legacy to you? Yeah, important. Important because I um I like the idea that, that I, I had an influence on some people along the way, like a positive influence. So uh, that is some sort of legacy. And not just
0: related to football, but this is related to life, okay? What is your one golden rule to living
1: a high-performance life? Try to live in one world that is um, very difficult, especially nowadays. Distractions all over the place, but... Uh, try to live that world what you choose for. Then you're, you're able to uh, compete at the highest level, you know, because you, you tend to to mix it up and to um, be the best, for example, player you, you can be and then, uh, yeah, but there's a nice party there as well and let's let's go to the party and let's do this and let's do that. You you try to live in five, six worlds. Um, tr- try to, especially during your prime time, during your career, try to live in, in one.
0: It comes back to taking responsibility, doesn't
1: it? Yeah. Exactly,
0: have you worked out your greatest failure yet
1: <laughs> maybe you just didn't have
0: one man well let's imagine your son fails, yeah, yeah, what would you say to him once he's failed at something what's the best way to react to that moment because i I'm a real firm believer that failure is healthy
1: failure yes. is a good thing, yeah, and failure you should make mistakes you should um, I, I'm, I'm telling my kids as well and I'm, we are trying to raise them very openly and uh, we, we're trying to uh Sort of send them the message that they can make mistakes, can fail, but that you know, but whatever they do. And my daughter, she uh, rides a horse now five times a week, and she's really serious about it. I said, okay. I said, you can fail. You can even fall off the horse. You can fall off. It's fine. But um, you know, once you uh, found your uh, passion, do your best. Do you do your best. Your maximum. Give you your maximum whatever that is, then, then it's always fine, you know, and then you can feel or you can fall off as many times as, as you want, but do your best. Brilliant. Do you know what? That conversation was exactly what I hoped it would be. I really liked it. Thank, Thank you very much. Top man. Thanks, mate.
0: Well, Damien. Jay.
2: What stood out for you? Just this self-awareness is serving honesty, both with himself and with other people around him, which I imagine can be quite difficult for people to hear occasionally, but there's a transparency to what he was saying. I
0: like the fact that he, you know, he's so, he's so honest. He, he sort of talks really clearly about when he wasn't in the right place mentally, like when he was a young lad and he struggled to kind of control his own temper and his own emotions. To compare a young guy who got wound up on the football field to the point where it impacted his performances and exhausted him, compare that to a guy in his mid to late 20s who, went into the office of one of the most famous football managers we've ever had in English football and gave him his seven points to improve the football club. It comes back to that conversation about responsibility once again and also someone who had got himself into a a place of such confidence that he felt he was able to do that. Yeah, but do it constructively. And it tells you also about football where they go, oh, he's a footballer, he's just a player, we can't listen to him. You know, maybe that's where things go wrong in, in the game. Yeah, just, but again, one of
2: Robin's key messages was about that curiosity. Keep asking, keep, keep inquiring, don't, don't just accept your role, find out more, challenge. I look
0: forward to seeing whether young Van Persie makes it in the game, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's been given some pretty strident advice. Hasn't he? But no, that was really interesting, everything I hoped it would be. Yeah, phenomenal. Well, it's not often you get big names like Robin Van Persie talking like that, is it? That was pretty special. If you enjoyed it, I'd love it if you would subscribe, if you don't already. Um, Even better, if you can leave a review so other people know what the High Performance Podcast is all about. I know life's busy, but if you can just spare two minutes, I'd be so grateful. Thanks so much to Finn Ryan from Rethink Audio. And do keep an eye out across social media for details of the next episode. For now, thanks a lot.